thank you for listening to the Manage Smarter Podcast. Your hosts, C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong, navigate new ways to hire, develop, and retain talent, helping your team soar to higher performance. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast. We're so pleased that you've joined us today. I'm Audrey Strong, the Director of Communications for SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. Our guest today, wow, Dr. Tony Alessandra. Um, it helps companies turn prospects into promoters. He is the CEO of Assessments 24 by 7 LLC. It's a company that offers a variety of online assessments, including the widely used DISC profile, and I've had the pleasure of being certified in that by Tony and his team, the Hartman HVP Motivators Assessment and other effectiveness assessments. Uh, this intro is going to be long because Tony is amazing. Uh, prolific author, 30 books translated into more than 50 foreign language editions, including uh, The New Art of Managing People, Charisma, The Platinum Rule. We're going to explain what that's about. And Tony has been featured in more than 100 audio and video programs and was inducted into the NSA Speakers Hall of Fame. Dr. Tony Alessandro, what a pleasure having some of your time today. Thanks for being here. Oh, I, I love being here. <laughs> So, Lee, you take it away. Well, Tony, one of the big things that everyone struggles with at the managerial level is hiring the right people. And, and these days, if you hire a toxic person, not only do they have a real drain on the culture, but they, you know, they cost the company a lot of money and they're really hard to get rid of. And so I wanted to ask you uh, some questions about your thoughts on using assessments, some of the assessments that you do to help or reduce some of the risk uh, in hiring some of these new people. Absolutely. You know, Lee, what I typically do is I start off by asking people, wouldn't it be great if we could attract the best and the brightest and keep them productively employed? And wouldn't it be great if we knew in advance that our new hire was going to be a top performer and we could predict and prepare for potential challenges and learning curves? Well, we could do all that by effectively hiring people. But, but the question, Lee, is why is it so hard to attract and retain top talent? Well, I think a lot of it starts with the, the interview process. Uh, you know, we have the resume, the interview, the references. Uh, all of those just don't supply enough insight so that managers, you know, hiring managers, whether it's HR or a direct manager that the um, uh, potential employee has to work for, they don't have enough necessary info to make an informed decision. And, and hiring managers tend to be very subjective. They have this subjective bias mm. uh, that, that really can be addressed by using objective assessments. When it comes to the resume, you've probably heard this before. Uh, many resumes just really don't tell the whole picture. You know, they say a resume is like a balance sheet with no liabilities, mm -hmm. only assets. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh -huh. And in the interview process, you know, you, you put your best foot forward. You're not going to screw up on an interview. An interview is like a first date. You know, where you always... I've, I've screwed up a few of those, Tony, though. <laughs> right. And references. My gosh, come on. You know, you have to be very careful as a, a former employer to give a bad reference 
in fear of getting sued. So how do we how do we overcome all that? We overcome all that by using assessments, uh, by by doing benchmarking. Uh, now, just so our listeners know what benchmarking is, benchmarking is a statistical analysis. Let's say we're using it for salespeople. It's a statistical analysis of our current sales force using an, uh, our online assessments to differentiate the high performers from the low performers. And what we do is we, we do that, we create a benchmark uh, for future candidate selection. So if we can create a benchmark uh, by one or more assessments and then uh, have the candidates, uh, you know, the potential hirees, so to speak, to, uh, to take those same assessments and then match uh, the candidate's assessment results against the benchmark, we can reveal the qualities and job responsibilities uh, uh, of ideal candidates, uh, maybe even use some of the benchmark findings in our ads uh, to attract the ideal candidate. So anyway, that's uh, that's sort of an, an, an introduction to what you were uh, asking. Liz. That's very fascinating, Tony. It's like, but you're, you're not suggesting, though, that that we throw out looking at resumes and doing interviews and everything like that and replace it solely with assessments, right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I believe uh, my ballpark is that assessments, even assessments that are targeted against a statistically valid benchmark should only be about 20% of the hiring decision. You know, we, we have to focus on job experience, education, references, the interview results, aptitude information, you know, references, you name it, the, the, the whole thing. We have to just have the assessment results as one piece of the puzzle, not the only piece. For somebody who hasn't used assessments or really doesn't understand them, I was shocked and pleasantly surprised when I got certified, Tony, uh, with Jennifer, that these are very nuanced assessments. They're very complex and they really are spot on in between the disc and then the underlying motivators. Do you want to detail that out a little bit for any newbies that are listening that don't really understand what we're talking about? Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about DISC. DISC is a four-style behavioral model. The D stands for dominance, the I for influence, the S for steadiness, and the C for conscientiousness. And each of us, uh, when we take the DISC assessment, the online DISC assessment, it gives us a percentage match in terms of how much D, I, S, and C we have, because all of us have a little bit of all four, some of us a lot more <laughs> of, of each of them. I'm a very high D and I and a low S and C, uh, but my D is higher than my I. So I, I tend to be a, a, a dominant person. When people take the online DISC assessment, which is basically uh, 24 questions where you have to choose among four adjectives, which of those four most and which of the four least describes you for each of the 24 questions. And then another six questions that are sort of an either or. When people get the report back, they are absolutely stunned. Stunned by how accurate mm -hmm. this report pegs their behavior by simply asking them, 30 questions. How is that possible? Well, it's because the DISC assessment 
has been around for probably well over 60 years. It's uh, arguably the most widely used assessment in the world. And what I love about the DISC assessment is its simplicity and its practicality. Now, you can find that DISC assessment from a number of different providers. Uh, we're just one of several DISC providers. But here's the difference in our DISC report versus others. Almost all the others, their report simply is a descriptive uh, report of you, your behavior. Ours is 50% descriptive and 50% prescriptive. Descriptive in describing you and your behavior, which is spot on, but prescriptive in terms of how to use this concept in your dealings with other people, whether it is with your coworkers, whether it is with your manager, your direct reports, your customers, your vendors, it is incredible. Who are some of the companies that, that are using assessments like, like that and, and how do they use it? Because I think you work with a few. Oh yeah, we use, uh, many of the Fortune 1000 companies actually use our assessments in a variety of ways. For instance, the most basic way that I think almost all the companies use it is for interpersonal communication. When I can understand my style and how it impacts other people and the way I communicate with them and understand other people's styles and, and their impact on me, it helps me be a better communicator. The concept of DISC, part of it is called adaptability. Adaptability is your ability to change your approach or change your strategy depending on the situation or the person you're dealing with. Adaptability is nothing more than that age-old saying, when in Rome, do as the Romans. It's basically being able to speak another behavioral language, not another linguistic language, but another behavioral language. When I know DISC and I know how to use it, it tells me how to communicate more effectively with a D and I and S and or a C. Now, that's the basic level of how companies use it. As we come up a step, it is used for personal development. How can I, knowing my style, uh, accentuate the strengths of my style, and if possible, minimize the weaknesses. I will tell you this, I am a high D. One of my natural weaknesses is listening. <laughs> I'm not the best listener. <laughs> but knowing that actually allowed me to learn how to be a better listener. Now, I'm not a natural uh, good listener like, let's say, an S would be, an S style, a steady style. But I know that I can use certain skills to be a better listener. I have to think about it. It's not natural, but I know how to do it. It's almost like learning another language. Uh, you know, my, my native language is English. You wouldn't know that by listening to me because, you know, I grew up in New York and Brooklyn, <laughs> but uh, that's a whole other story. But if I learned another language like Italian or Spanish or French, I can speak that language, but I have to think about it as I'm speaking it and as I'm listening to people. Uh, it's not as natural to me as, let's say, my native tongue of English. The same thing. If I'm a D, I, I, I know how to behave like a D, uh, like a, a, a duck in water. However, I could learn how to communicate effectively with an I, an S, and a C 
by learning, quote, their behavioral language. So the next step up is how can we communicate more effectively with other people? Uh, how can I build my own strengths and, and, and uh, maybe get, maybe not get rid of, but, you know, uh, lessen my weaknesses. Uh, next level up is how can we build better teams where people were, instead of just one-on-one, -on -one, it's one-on-many, how we can get along better within a team. I move up another level and I can teach salespeople how to adjust their selling style to, to match the customer's buying style, how I can teach leaders to uh, motivate people uh, internally you know, through personal connection rather than power. And that's a lot of what's in our sales fuel coach uh, SaaS platform then too. It's like, again, we, we make them take also a sales IQ assessment, which oddly that we've partnered with assessments 24 by seven to provide that. And that also gives us insights on which step of the sales process that they're weak in, strong in, that sort of thing, so that we can work on developing or work on accentuating those positives and eliminating those negatives. Absolutely. One of the things I love about what sales fuel has is your team keeper approach mm -hmm. and how you take, see most people uh, for better or worse, and it's typically worse, when they take an assessment, it's typically a one and done. They take the assessment, they read the report, they say, wow, this is great. They file it away, never to be seen again. What I love about team keeper and what you've done with the assessments, primarily uh, with the disc assessment, the motivators assessment, and the, uh, the sales IQ is that you put it into the system so that people can access it and refer to it and use it much more than uh, the one and done. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like what you've done with that system. Oh, thanks, Tony. I appreciate that a, a whole bunch. You no, know, I think one of the tenets of that is that we, we believe that these assessments are usually handled by the HR department and a lot of people we work with. It's like they, they buy the assessments and they screen employees and everything like that before a lot of our listeners, the managers and leaders actually get an opportunity then to, to talk to these folks. And the thing is, is like, yeah, they're sitting in a file somewhere and the manager never sees that. There's, there's lots of gold in that. It's like starting with what type of interview questions do I want to ask of this person when I finally do see them? And if I hire them, then, okay, what should I expect from this person? What do I need to watch out for for this kind of person? So when I'm managing them, I can spot those things early on in the game so that they don't mushroom into being big, huge problems I have to deal with later. Absolutely. Absolutely, Lee. And what I like is that, uh, well, for instance, in our system, the assessments 24 by 7 system, to get away from this uh, one and done concept, we have the ability to do what's called a, uh, a disc collaboration report. So specifically with your example, uh, maybe HR is involved in hiring, but what about the manager that that particular candidate might have to deal with on an ongoing basis? Well, let's, let's do a disc collaboration report where we look at the candidate's disc style and their potential manager's disc style. We create this report, and these reports, uh, as long as there's disc assessments in the system, you can run these reports for free. And I can look at what the percentage matches between the candidate and their potential manager. And it runs a report where on the left-hand side, it has all, let's say, the manager's behaviors. On the right-hand side, all the candidate's behaviors. And we can see where there's the strengths, the, st the struggles, the do's, the don'ts, uh, the motivators, and see how easy it is for this candidate to deal with this particular manager. So there's a lot that can be done with this. Uh, Lee, when we get to the top level 
of how assessments are used. Uh, it, it really is in hiring and selection and, and how we can use one or more assessments in the hiring process. One assessment might be the DISC assessment. Two assessments might be DISC and motivators. And three assessments might be DISC, motivators, and Hartman. And Lee, for those people who are not familiar with uh, what motivators or Hartman might be, uh, the motivators, basically they measure uh, seven, what we might call universal dimensions of motivation that drive each of us, the aesthetic, the economic, the individualistic, the political, the altruistic, the regulatory, and theoretical. See, DISC predicts how a person will behave, motivators answers why they behave the way they do. So that's the motivators. The Hartman value profile, what that does is it measures, it measures the quality of somebody's problem-solving skills, their decision-making skills, it measures, sometimes with uncanny accuracy, the individual's critical thinking, their judgment, and their decision-making. So uh, I can tell you this, some of our clients only use the DISC when it comes to uh, the selection process because they have a long track record of what the, you know, somebody's style with the DISC model and uh, that they use that effectively. A lot of other people just use DISC and motivators. Uh, I, I know clients have used it in the trucking industry, in the retail industry, and even the uh, uh, automotive, uh, you know, hiring automotive salespeople. Financial services, too. And financial services, exactly. And, and you know, we have an assessment called the executive summary, which is used either for hiring higher level leadership positions or, or managerial positions, or to hire salespeople, service people, but that uses all three assessments. Typically, as a rule of thumb, two assessments are better than one, three assessments are better than two. Again, it is simply a rule of thumb. I don't know why everybody wouldn't be doing this because just listening to you, it, the ROI on this comes through several channels all almost simultaneously, right? So you've got the right person in the right role, which means that you've made the correct hire, which means you have longer talent retention, right? And then their performance is better because you're managing them in a different way. Absolutely. Those are two great points. You know, when it comes to the actual hiring process, a lot of people focus on the cost of a bad hire. And believe me, it runs into the multi-thousands and in some cases, tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, some people may say hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, yeah, I was dealing with a, a national uh, hospital chain and they said that when they hire an intern, okay, a doctor, an intern to go through their program, the cost of hiring the wrong intern comes out to approximately $500,000. What is it worth to that hospital chain to use a battery of assessments to make sure that they're hiring somebody who will succeed? Would they pay $1,000, $10,000, $100,000 to make sure that they're not losing a half a million dollars? But Let's take it one step further. Everybody looks at what's the cost of a bad hire, but what about this? What if you don't hire somebody 
who you should have hired, and they go to work for one of your competitors and start eating your lunch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to look at both sides of this. It's fascinating. So uh, hopefully we've fired people up. How can they find you, Tony, if they want to know more and reach out to you and your team? Well, they can reach out to us actually through Sales Fuel <laughs> uh, as one of our partners, our major partners. So you can go right to Sales Fuel and, and talk to them. If you want to come right to us, uh, you can certainly go to www.assessments24x7.com. But let's start with Sales Fuel first. And if they can't answer your questions, they will come to us and we will answer those questions for you. But I will tell you that of all the companies that we deal with, and we deal with thousands of companies, I cannot think of a better relationship that I have had in the last 20 plus years than the relationship we have with Lee Smith and Sales Fuel. So wow. start there. And if they can't answer your question, which would surprise me if they can't, then they will come to, to us and we'll answer it for Tony, you. Let me, let me say thank you, but also let me reciprocate that by saying it's like easily the best partner, business partner that we've had in our entire existence of nearly 30 years. And I think that really came through loud and clear when we partnered up together to have the Leadership and Talent Development Summit in San Diego. And that's something that we do every year and, and, and usually in January. And you can come to either one of our websites and check that out. But what we do is we focus on great speakers then to help develop leaders, but also then to help trainers and people like that develop the talent that, that you already have internally. And so we have you know, two plus days of, I mean, just top notch Hall of Fame speakers. And even the folks that weren't Hall of Fame speakers or whatever you know, scored very highly and knocked it out of the park. And uh, there, there was nobody there that didn't get tremendous value out of the time that they spent in San Diego. Plus, San Diego in January is better than San Diego and most <laughs> other places in the country. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but it's like, you know, we partnered extremely well on, on that, and that went so smoothly. And, you know, and, and it goes so smoothly every year, and it's just a great conference. I'm really pleased that we're uh, working with you on that. Absolutely. Well, uh, just for our listeners, Sales Fuel is our co sponsor for the uh, Leadership and Talent Development Summit. Uh, we just had it in January of 2018. Our next one is January of 2019 in San Diego. And again, if you come to assessments24x7.com, we'll have some information about not only the last conference that uh, we co-partnered with Sales Fuel, but the next one too. It really is an event. And I will tell you this, and Lee, you can back me up mm -hmm. on this. It doesn't matter whether you are in the assessment business or not. What you gain in that conference goes beyond assessments. I mean, we had speakers this last time, Brian Tracy, Jeffrey Gittimer, uh, Lee, you were one of the speakers and one of the top three rated speakers. Uh, and it goes on and on. Ford Sakes, we had spectacular speakers that transcended the assessment business. It certainly helped people in the assessment business, but it can help anybody in business. We had Audrey speak on PR and a really great informative session on that. Absolutely. It was a fantastic event. So we will definitely want to steer people to that as well. Well, Tony, thank you for joining us and giving us some of your time. And uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, they can email me at astrong at salesfuel.com. And we would love for you to share this with all your stakeholders, Tony, and everybody subscribe, rate, and review.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.